0: Welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. Thanks for tuning in once again for another week of fine podcasting extravaganza, or whatever. Uh, this week we're going to be talking with Pastor Chris Bronze, who's a pastor of the Red Brick Church down in Stillman Valley, Illinois, author of several books, including When the Word Leads Your Pastoral Search and Bound Together, two books I highly recommend, And the book we're going to be talking about today is Unpacking Forgiveness, written about 10 years ago now. I think everybody struggles with forgiveness, and so we're going to be talking about the idea of forgiveness. What is biblical forgiveness? So for that, Chris Bronze is going to be joining us, and so without any further ado, our interview with Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, welcome to the Basic Bible Podcast.
1: Kevin, thank you for having me. I'm thankful for the opportunity.
0: Well, we're going to be talking about forgiveness and so uh, you've written several books, very helpful books when the word leads your pastoral search bound together. But today we're going to be talking about this I believe it was your first book, Unpacking Forgiveness.
1: That's right. It was uh, the first book that I wrote. It, it, believe it or not, it's been out for 10 years now. It came out in 2008.
0: Wow. You know, that's yeah, that's about when I came to the Midwest and I remember one of the very first services I was at Morning Star. Bob Bixby was promoting that book, and I believe it had just come out. So yeah, that would be about 10 years ago now. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, time flies.
0: <laughs> well, I, it's a very useful book, and, and I've, I've bought it for several people, uh, students that I've counseled with, and it, it's very helpful. So we're going to talk about forgiveness, and let's start off with the definition. And on, on page 55 of the book, you define forgiveness as a commitment by the offended to pardon graciously the repentant from moral liability— and to be reconciled to that person, although not all consequences are necessarily eliminated. So could you kind of pick that apart for us and explain that definition?
1: Yeah, well, let me start with the essence of it, uh, the middle of it, and that is forgiveness is a commitment uh, that we make to one another. So it's fundamentally something that happens between two parties. So let's say that I'm rude about my wife's cooking, my wife's a wonderful cook, and so that doesn't come up very often, but let's say I was rude about it, and she was justifiably offended, and then I asked her forgiveness, and she forgave me. What she would be saying when she forgave me is that that matter no longer stands between the two of us. It's over, it's done with, it's behind. Now, she does that graciously. She would do it graciously, meaning she wouldn't require me to you know, in some ways work it off or atone for it, rather like Jesus, she would sort of absorb that herself. That's not to say restitution's never in line, but, but fundamentally uh, Christian forgiveness is gracious. So that would be a commitment that she would make to me, and, and forgiveness is at its heart not so much a feeling, but it's a, a commitment, and of course that's all focused on the cross and the gospel and how God forgives us.
0: Right. So you would make a connection between reconciliation and forgiveness?
1: Yeah, you know, that's, that's a big question uh, that comes up. But I would say, um, we'll start with God. God's forgiveness of us um, is inextricably bound up, tied together with reconciliation. So there's never a hint in the Bible that you could be forgiven by God but not reconciled to him. Hmm. You know, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Paul says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So so in terms of soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, how God forgives us, uh, forgiveness and reconciliation are just different facets that is part of the one gem of salvation likewise i think that a reconciliation is a commitment of those who forgive so i don't i don't think there's any biblical place for saying um i forgive someone but i will never them again um I, I just want to forget about them you know i don't think that's biblical
0: no well let's look at uh, some of the scripture passages uh, you mentioned uh, first, Colossians 3.13, we are to forgive as, as Christ has forgiven us. What does that mean practically for us?
1: Yeah, so, so the word there, for, for forgiveness, is the Greek word charizomine, which it, it's, the, it's the verbal form of grace. We are to grace one another. We are to be gracing one another as God did us. So whatever someone has done to offend us uh, uh, pales in comparisons to what we have done to offend God. And yet God, uh, you know, graciously uh, forgives. Hmm. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. So um, our disposition towards people who offend us should be one of grace just as God's is one of grace towards
0: us. Right, and so that the idea of grace uh, is, is something obviously that's not deserved. But then we think about, okay, well, what about that guy that is constantly causing me trouble? The, the person who, yeah, I, I I've forgiven them, I've forgiven them once, but this person just the problem keeps on coming, and he always asks for forgiveness. But am I am I bound to, to to do that? Do I have to forgive this person each time an offense is made?
1: Yeah, and so that's where you get into the nitty gritty of unpacking forgiveness. If there's one thing, ten years later, that I'm thankful I did with my book was give it the subtitle, "Biblical Wounds for," or "Biblical Answers Rather for mm. Complex Questions and Deep Wounds," because the questions are complicated, and and the wounds are deep. But one thing that's important to understand until Jesus comes back, forgiveness doesn't mean the elimination of consequences. Mm. So, so what What I often say to our people, and, and I have people push back on that. They say, well, forgiveness should mean the elimination of all consequences. And I say, well, let's say that I robbed the bank in Stillman Valley, Illinois, something I have not done nor have any plans to do. Uh, but hypothetically, let's say that I robbed the bank. And then let's say that I was repentant of robbing the bank um, our people, I, I know our people in our church, and I think that they would forgive me. But I always ask, then, as a follow-up, could I still be the pastor of the Red Church in Stillman Valley? And of course, the answer is no, because in this life, forgiveness doesn't mean the elimination of consequences. Mm. And so, I, I would still be disqualified from being a pastor. In in, in your example, someone who habitually offends and asks forgiveness, um, there might have to, and there probably would have to be consequences to that decision that would say, listen, um, you're forgiven, this matter doesn't stand between us, but going forward, um, there'll have to be some boundaries in how we relate Mm -hmm. to you that protect us from these weaknesses, these sins, this habitual difficulty in your life and, and what you're doing. I and mean, this often comes into effect with extended family situations. Uh, you have some extended family member who's causing pain and you forgive them. But then going forward, that doesn't mean that, you know, you leave your children at their house for extended periods of time. There, right. Forgiveness doesn't mean the elimination of consequences.
0: Well, and, and that doesn't, help the person who is trapped in whatever sin we're talking about that doesn't minister to them if we simply allow them to continue in that habitual cycle
1: no that that's right and i think that that's what paul's point is in 1 corinthians 5 where uh he counsels that they have to hand this hand people over to their sin you know you have to um sometimes allowing them to face the consequences of their sin is the very thing that God will use to really bring them to repentance. Mm.
0: Well, let's get to the two kind of controversial aspects of this, and I think you do a great job of handling both of these topics, but repentance, when repentance isn't there, am I required to forgive that person? When that person doesn't realize the gravity of their sin, doesn't seek it out, it, it, it seems almost super spiritual to say well i'm going to forgive that person anyway despite their their obstinate refusal to admit they're wrong I, i'm still going to be the bigger person i'm going to be i'm going to do the right thing and forgive that person anyway
1: yeah yeah so so that's a big question w- yeah. what do you do with the um unrepentant offender who is guilty of a grave offense so Proverbs 19.11 says, A man's wisdom gives them patience. It's to his glory to overlook an offense. We're not, we're not talking about that kind of instance. We're talking about something that's a grave offense, and the offender is unrepentant. And, and quickly, uh, you know, brief summary, I think if, if you picture forgiveness as a package, it is the obligation of the Christian who is offended Always to wrap the package. We always wrap the gift. We put a bow on it. Uh, We hold it out to them. But if they're unwilling to receive the gift of forgiveness uh, by repentance, then the gift on some level, a fundamental level, remains unopened. So we always wrap the package. But it, in order for forgiveness to be complete in its fullest sense, the other party has to be willing to receive it, to ask for it, to turn from what they've done and ask for forgiveness. And by the way, of course, that just mirrors um, the gospel. Right. You know, the the gospel uh, invitation goes out to all people. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe, believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. But John's gospel is also clear to those who don't believe in him, end of John chapter 3, to those who reject him, the wrath of God abides on them. They're not forgiven. So I think we always show love. We always wrap the package. We always offer forgiveness. We always have a gracious disposition. You might even say we always have a forgiving attitude. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness doesn't take place in its fullest sense unless the other party is willing to receive the gift.
0: And I think what people fear with that is that does that allow for – if I've chosen not to forgive that person who is still unrepentant, that doesn't allow me to become bitter toward that person or, or toward yeah. the situation. Yeah. So, So most people in our culture, even
1: in our Christian culture – we go back to the definition of forgiveness – most people – define forgiveness therapeutically. This is something I talk about a lot in my book. But most people, when they say, you say, what do you mean by forgiveness? Most people say, well, what I mean is to cease to be bitter or angry. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. That I'm no longer going to be bitter or angry. So when you start talking about conditional forgiveness, what most people hear you saying is, well, then you're going to choose to remain bitter and angry. No, not at all. Bitterness, bitterness, vindictiveness, revenge, uh, Romans chapter 12, is not up to us. Vengeance is mine. I'll repay, says the Lord. Um, We should never take revenge. But I think a biblical forgiveness uh definition rather of forgiveness isn't to privatize it it's not to make it something individual rather biblical forgiveness is something that happens between two parties and so but but no there's there's no biblical case for remaining bitter vindictive and
0: angry mm. what the other big question i have got to ask, and this comes up quite a bit i and i on Facebook I see you, you I think you handled this very well. A national tragedy occurs, whether it's another school shooting or a terrorist attack. And there are there are some who, right along the lines of the, of the previous question, they want to seek to forgive the terrorists, seek to forgive the shooting, but that's not necessarily a wise or, or biblical thing to do. Well,
1: well, what it does is it downplays justice. Yeah. I mean, what, what the Christian should do in the case of school shooting, an unrepentant offender, is appoint people to the cross. Um, We we, we ought to say, um, I I say three things should happen in that instance. Number one, Christians should show love. So everybody involved in one of these awful tragedies is an image bearer created in the image of God. And we ought to uh, show love to them regardless of their spiritual understanding. The second thing is to not take revenge. So we shouldn't try and retaliate in any way. But the third thing is to point people to the justice of God. You know, the Bible is is so clear. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And I think we should proclaim to an onlooking world Uh, The people who perpetuate these awful things, even if they take their own lives immediately after, they're not getting away with anything. It's not like they're going to get off. Um, God will, will take care of it, and we can trust him for that. I mean, that's what Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith or Alexander the metalsmith did me a great deal of harm. He said, God is just. He will pay him back for it, and you too should be on your guard against Alexander. Paul didn't just say, "Well, I forgive Alexander, and it's okay." He said, "No, God, I'm going to give the matter to God. God will take care of it."
0: Hmm. What's well, certain in our final segment here about just practical application? I, one of the most helpful parts of your book is really found in the title: the idea of unpacking forgiveness. And you describe forgiveness almost kind of like a, as a as a moving day. Could you elaborate on the idea of what it means to unpack forgiveness?
1: Yeah. Well, when I when I came up with the title, uh, Unpacking Forgiveness, somewhere in there, I kind of had the picture of somebody coming home from a trip. They've got a suitcase and they've got to put everything away. And, and, you know, my wife and I, when we get home from traveling, we just almost are on a mission to get unpacked right away. So that's kind of the picture I had in mind. But, you know, the longer I've worked on forgiveness, the more I've understood it. I've realized it's not so much like coming home from a trip. It's more like moving houses. And you move on a particular day, but you've got boxes in the basement for a long, long time. And just, you know, I'm from a divorced home. My parents are divorced. and, And, you know, I've been divorced for many, many years. Just think when I think I've worked through everything there is relative to that, I'm foraging around under the figurative ping-pong table of my life, and I find a box full of stuff that I have to deal with. Mm. And and that's how forgiveness is for the Christian. If we've been gravely injured, um, we're going to discover boxes in the basement for a long time that we have to sift through and work through. And um, the point in my book is, number one, work through those offenses in a gospel-centered way. Keep looking to Jesus, his example, who he is, the gospel he gives, uh, to work through a forgiveness. Easily the, the number one piece of advice I have someone for, for someone who asks to unpack forgiveness is be involved in an ongoing way in the life of your local church. Mm. It, it, the, the, because it, it's going to take a process of growing, being fed, submitting to leadership, learning from them, uh, being shepherded,
0: shepherding.
1: It, we, we only unpack forgiveness over the long haul as we're involved in a local church. Right.
0: Well, again, your book is entitled Unpacking Forgiveness, and we'll have a link to that on our website. Are there any other books that you, you found helpful on this topic?
1: Oh, there, there are. You could go on so many different levels. Ardell Kennedy has some materials out there on forgiveness. His name is spelled A R D E L, space Kennedy, C A N E D A Y. That's. He has some really helpful resources. I think uh, Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker, uh, is a cross-centered book. That has uh, much to offer. If you want a more technical discussion, written by an academic of forgiveness, then uh, Gregory Jones, embodying forgiveness, embodying forgiveness is a is a pretty technical discussion. Um, there's a, there's different things that Bonhoeffer wrote, and he wrote in the context of, of course, Nazi Germany. And so there's a lot to learn from Bonhoeffer. Those are just a a few things.
0: Well, thank you, Pastor Chris, for joining us, and just thanks for taking the time.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. I mean, again, the final word I would have for people about forgiveness is look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I'll give you rest. For someone who is feeling like they're in a vice because of deep wounds in their lives, um, I would commend to you christ Uh, go to him learn from him unpack with him uh, meet him in his word and you will find rest
0: all right thank you pastor chris and thank all of you for listening you can buy that book and the other books we mentioned at our website www.basicbiblepodcast.org you can check out our blog there check out other resources Spend some time there. Share us with your friends. Don't forget to share us on social media, whether it's Pinterest or Facebook or Twitter, whatever. We also have a Facebook group you can Google and join and continue the conversation. Check us out on Twitter, at Basic BasicBibleCast, Instagram, same thing. Please, get the word out. So, if you enjoyed this podcast, next week we'll have another great guest. So join us then. Until then, have a great rest of your week.